Okay, now, we started. Here we are here, myself, Yusuf, and Jesse. Let's start. Now, here we are at the podcast. We don't have any ideas of what we're doing. We're just going to bullshit with this. So, we're going to start off with my first question is, how are you two doing today? Oh, you know, I'm all right. I'll do all right, Gabe. Thanks. <laughs> you fucking dick, man. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll we'll start off. I try to start off with some uh, some video game questions just to start off with some bullshit. So my my first was, how do you feel about the re-release of Final Fantasy VII? And if you like, you want to start off with Jesse. I don't like Final Fantasy VII anyway, so Hold I on. think it. Hold on, you didn't like the original? Uh uh-uh. uh Did you play it? No, I played a couple of, uh, I played a little bit of it. I never spent too much time in Final Fantasy XI because I, oh. I don't think it's a terrible game. I'm just not big into turn-based games. So therefore, I uh, didn't play too much of it. Holy Final shit. Fantasy VII. Yes. Right? So, yeah. yeah, seven, not eleven. No, but I'm guessing you're saying you played eleven a little bit. I played a shit ton of Final Fantasy XI. Right, but oh, you didn't okay. play I mean, seven. They're not, te- they're not technically the same game. Actually, right. they, are, they aren't the same game. <laughs> no, they're completely different. Yeah, yeah. But he hates turn-based. But he doesn't like turn-based. That's what you're saying, right? Yeah, I'm not a big fan of turn-based games. Oh, shit. So, right. therefore, so for as much as I rag on the Final Fantasies uh, series, the only reason I actually rag on it is for shits and giggles because I'm not big on turn-based. I don't actually... Like, like no turn-based? Like, disguise? Uh, very rare. Final Fantasy Tactics... No, I don't like the only Final Fantasy game I gave two shits about was Final Fantasy XI. I don't care about Final Fantasy XIV. Um, the uh, only I'm not even talking about Final Fantasy. I'm talking about tactical strategy turn-based games. Like none of them. You like none I mean, of them. There's, there's a few. Like I liked. Um, I like XCOM. I like uh, Advance Wars. Um, I played a shit ton of Pokemon. There's very few. <laughs> based games that I actually dig. Uh, but now, in general, it's... It, turn-based, I always did outside of video games. And then, real-time, I always did inside of video games. Like, I used to play a shit ton of board games. So, to me, the only time I actually liked turn-based shit in a video game form was when it was a board game I was already used to. Otherwise, it just felt as though it was a game that was going too goddamn slow. Alright, so, as we get sidetracked, uh, Yusuf, so how do you feel? How did you feel about Final Fantasy VII? Well, I mean, Final Fantasy VII wasn't my favorite Final Fantasy. I personally like Final Fantasy IV. Why That's four? just me. I, I, I just... It, it, <laughs> <laughs> I see four sale. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's, pro- it's probably nostalgia, because four was the first Final Fantasy I played. And I just really like, you know, the characters and all that. And starting from four, I just worked my way back. And then I kind of left Final Fantasy for a while and I kind of skipped through 7 and I think like the next Final Fantasy game I played after the first 4 was uh, Final Fantasy 10 so Gabe you seem to be getting a little bit defensive when we say that we're not too big a fan of it how does it feel to like a bad game Look, what do you mean? Look, Final Fantasy said was a phenomenal game. Look, all right, hold on, hold on. start with this. Um, I did want to ask you that though. Why, why four though? Because I see four on sale a lot with Steam, and I'm tempted to get it, but at the same time, it's just like, no. 
Okay, well, I mean, again, like I said, it's it was the first Final Fantasy game I played, so there are memories there. So it's probably all nostalgia thing, you know. Okay. And plus, I'm back in. I mean, again, why do people like Final Fantasy games? Uh, great music that's in all the games. The story, I mean, like in the earlier games, the storyline was a bit cliche, but you know, it was it, you could understand it. Like nowadays, they start off and you're confused as fuck until like the first. 32 hours of gameplay are done, and then you're kind of understanding what the hell's going on. So, you know, <laughs> okay. it, it's a bit more... It, it's a lot less confusing, but it still has all the aspects that you'd, you, you'd like, you know? Right. Alright. So, now, basically, I, I love Final Fantasy VII. It was a phenomenal game, in my opinion. Graphics were fucking amazing. The story, even to today, I just beat it again in around February. No, not February. Around January. Yeah, it's around the same time. Of 2015. Played the game, loved it even more than I did when I didn't even actually know what the hell was going on. I legitimately, as a grown-ass man, 21 years of life, almost cried when Ares died. Ares, 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 that sounds better. She died. I Fuck you. I legitimately got emotional when my boy Cloud lost his memory. He was in a coma or whatnot. I legitimately was pissed when I couldn't use him, seeing as he was my strongest fucking <laughs> character. And I got pissed when Sephiroth bitch ass killed my ass over and over and over and over again. So I went and I trained in the hyperbolic time chamber, got my power level up to over 9,000, came back and waxed his motherfucking ass and felt really proud about it. And I felt like the boss fight changed. I didn't know you could switch sides between like the two parties at first when you fight i think it was Genova at first then it switched off to like angel wing sephiroth and he killed me on some bitch shit because i could have beat him the first time when i was under leveled but who gives a fuck about all that um now to go into my further i guess I, this let, was let me just say one one thing like I, I i did play one game between four and ten and that was final fantasy six Final Fantasy. The only the only thing I remember from Final Fantasy VI was I, I I don't even fucking remember the characters. But there was one character, and you're being chased by a train, and this character literally body slams a fucking train, and that's the only moment I fucking remember from Final Fantasy VI. <laughs> And you got to body slam a train. See, now I feel like a piece of shit because I played seven. I played most of eight. And I'm still playing that right now. I played the beginning of nine because my PlayStation CD would always like stop at the point that the, I think it was like the princess or whatever in the lion kid kiss. Right when they kiss and the fireworks go off, it just stopped. The princess and the lion king? The kid. <laughs> Cause it was like a kid with like the kid had like oh okay like, kid yeah, yeah, about Nala okay. or Mufasa yeah I was like yeah that's what I was saying like yeah <laughs> so then we get to um and I played I skipped eleven because I heard eleven was extremely difficult and it just wasn't All fun uh this guy. I mean my problem with 11, that one was eleven was fun frustrating the thing that was frustrating about eleven was there was. Three things that were probably the most difficult, like frustrating things. One was when you died, you lost experience. You could even de level, which is just balls annoying, but it was also fun, like having that like scare of not wanting to die. Like you try harder. Yeah, you could de level. You lost 10% of your XP towards Holy next shit. level. So if you're so, between 1 and 10% or 0 and 10% XP towards your next level and you died, you would go back to your previous level. 
So Not they just the previous level. So, you have to get that. So they back. stole this straight from MMO, is pretty much. Well, Final Fantasy Eleven wasn't MMO. Oh yeah, Final Fantasy Eleven wasn't MMO. Yeah, also yeah. fourteen. I've, I've never, never played eleven. I've never played an MMO where you lose experience on death. No way. I thought that's pretty much every MMO after level ten. Now, uh, usually in MMOs, whenever you die, you take durability damage to your uh, armor. Right. So, like, your armor can break, and then, like, you'll be sitting there fucking trying to stab somebody with your nail toothpick, which was a great axe at one point. Um, Essentially. Or in World of Warcraft, they just make you lose the weapon altogether. You just start punching people with your hand. I miss Oh, that's if your weapon eventually breaks. Um, but uh, the other thing that was frustrating about Final Fantasy XI was uh, how long it would take to get parties if you weren't, like, what was the best thing at that time. Like, if you weren't a white mage at level 10 to, like, 20, your bitch ass was sitting there waiting for a long time because there was enough tanks in the world and there was enough damage healers in the world. What was needed was fucking healers. If you weren't a healer early levels, you didn't get anything. That's Later levels, people didn't tank. But that's, like, yeah, that's, like, every MMO. But they didn't have a good group system. Like, World of Warcraft at least recognized this flaw and did, like, group-finding things to try and make it better. Okay. Final Fantasy XI didn't do anything. Final Fantasy... I mean, they did... They did, uh... Eventually. Help helped out with Final Fantasy XIV. Hey, you know what? Final Fantasy XI took seven years to make it where the armor you had equipped didn't count as being in your backpack. Right, yeah. What game was it? Final, Final Fantasy XI? Okay. I mean, the... I don't know. I mean, Final Fantasy XI obviously is still going on, I think, right? But yeah, Final Fantasy XIV, so they seem they seem to have dealt with all this in fourteen. Right, Between now, eleven and fourteen, they learn their shit, from now, what I've heard. Now I don't know how Final Fantasy XI is, but what I can tell you is Final Fantasy fourteen was very good. Now what I'll say is it was supposed the to be a wild killer. Say what? The second time Final Fantasy fourteen was released, it was good. The first time yeah. it was released, it was straight it was horrible. Up. Yeah. Right. Everybody so, went back to Final Fantasy XI or to whatever other fucking MMO was around. A Realm Reborn is where it started yes. to, you know, actually be what it was supposed to be at launch. Okay, that's what I played. Okay, the a Realm Reborn is what when I started playing, which was actually yeah. recently. This was around the January area around there. Um, yeah, it was it was a good game. It was fun. It wasn't trash. My problem is, unfortunately, I played World of Warcraft during the Golden Era, and that was like right after Burning Crusade launched and right around the time of the Wrath of the Lich King really taking off. I already I played through the Wrath of the Lich King. I played through Burning Crusade when Burning Crusade was the truth. And I played on like when Wrath of the Lich King was getting like just finishing up as all the ice I think it was the ICC as all the ICC levels started opening up all the way to Arthas is when I played. So it was a stretch of, I'm going to say, about five years uh, in total. I played, stopped playing, came back, played again. It was phenomenal. Uh, PvP good. The the armor system I was perfectly fine with. The the instances were fun, interactive, etc. The people were fun. Uh, if you just wanted to level up or make money all day, you could have fun doing that. Because the story and the story within the quest were fun as shit. Also, the problem I ran to with fourteen was fourteen saw all the things that Wild did and then ignored it. Like 
uh, the the instances were all right, but they weren't that fun. The raids were all right, but not that fun. At the same time, they were difficult, extremely difficult, and that is what made them fun. They weren't difficult in the sense that the mechanics were un were um, not able to be uh, figured out. Let me say that they were they were not unable to overstand. The problem was that people it it was memory, rinse and repeat, like. Fucking people, if you don't listen, you 14 was going to punish you. In the instance, it was going to punish you if somebody did not pay attention to what they had to do. Everyone had to be on that shit. Simple shit. Uh, I forget which. I think it was Floor Coil. Uh, I want to say like Coil 4 or Coil 5 or something like that. I was a tank warrior. Unfortunately, the... Um, I want to say that they're not guardians. I think they're paladins. The paladins were better, in my opinion. But I was a warrior tanked it it was nice but it was a strategy where you had to stand in the circle everyone had to stand together and then somebody gets an orb over them back out the circle come and let it blow up and then come back because it does more damage if it hits everyone that was you that shit sounds simple the motherfuckers did not listen now back to what i was saying uh in the beginning 14 had horrible pvp uh the game was built all off of aesthetics the raids were not as good or as challenging, in my opinion, as the World of Warcraft ones. Uh, healing was bullshit, especially as um, the scholar. And tanking was bullshit, because no matter what, black mages would just pull off of you as a warrior. There's really like nothing you could do. They had to stop DPSing hard in order for you to keep aggro. And the, the, the gearing system wasn't really phenomenal. It wasn't. It was a really lazy, lazy game in my opinion. Uh, that being said, anyone else has anything to add regarding Final Fantasy 14 and 11? I mean, I think Final Fantasy 14 would have had a really good contestant, or would have been a really good contestant against World of Warcraft had it come out when 11 came out. Um, I think because 11 came out when 11 came out, rather than Final Fantasy 14 and whatever Realm Reborn came out, like, they took too long to get an MMO that was somewhat worth buying, in my opinion. So they don't have the fan base that they could have had. Um, I would, In my opinion, World of Warcraft is super big, and the reason why a lot of people aren't leaving World of Warcraft for other MMOs or keep going back to World of Warcraft from other MMOs, I feel like World of Warcraft has actually done more harm than good to the MMO genre. Um, in the sense that they made it so cookie cutter that MMOs that stay like stick true to what MMOs used to be and what a bunch of like I'm a classic MMO player and what was will never be again because current day like the millennials of MMOs just straight suck like will bitch about it and feel entitled and it'll never work out like it's just it's at a point where people want everything as fast as possible and then they get bored. So MMOs inherently kill themselves upon giving the players what they want because it's not actually what the player wants. It's what they think they want because they're used to it now. Well, yeah, I mean, I, have you seen some of these people? If you don't, if like even games nowadays, you get a new, you're either like, they either hold your hand throughout the entire game or you have to like get some sort of upgrade or level up or something every like minute or so or they're afraid somebody's gonna like lose interest and leave the game nobody enjoys grinding for an item anymore nobody enjoys 
playing through and exploring the entire freaking map for all these like nicely hidden Easter eggs and you know like Easter eggs back in the day where you had to like randomly stumble upon it or actually read a guide not something that like they blatantly show to you just because the developers are scared that you know you might miss it or you know things like that so can I make a point real quick yeah all right so for starters I love World of Warcraft. Now, I didn't play any MMOs before World of Warcraft, so I don't have any prior knowledge to this. What I can say is I felt as though WoW was perfect at a point in time. That time where I played, maybe even after that, if I've heard from people who played Cataclysm, which I never got the chance to truly play because I stopped right before it came out. But uh, a lot of people told me that, that those were phenomenal. That was the t- well, no, my apologies. My opinion is that was what an MMO should have been. Uh, like I said, instances are good. Leveling up was good. You didn't level too fast. You didn't level too slow. You had your hard, hard portions of leveling up. You had your people who knew how to level fast, who level slow. People who were good at PvP, who was phenomenal at the game. People who were good at PvE and was phenomenal at the game. People who simply wanted to just make money and play with their friends in the game. Now, my problem comes uh, is everyone was looking to make a wild killer. And so many games that could have been a wild killer came out, but they could not do what World of Warcraft did successfully or, or constantly. Uh, good updates, legitimate updates that felt legitimate. They did not feel like you were just adding bullshit to the game. Balance. Well, I mean, Go ahead. I was going to say, well, I mean... You you have to understand a lot of studios don't have like the Scrooge McDuck piles of gold that Blizzard has. <laughs> You're right. And oh, go ahead. I was gonna say it's not the biggest problem. This is why I say that World of Warcraft kind of ruined the MMO experience henceforth for a long time, is because they made it where vanilla took forever to get to sixty. Once you hit level sixty, you felt fucking accomplished. Getting your first piece of gold you're like level like 20 something you got your first piece of gold and you're like fucking ecstatic about it right. like you message your friends like yo guys guess what i got a gold piece you like the first mount was like 40 gold and that took forever to make can't you like um, level up to hun- like 90 or 100 or max level now. And- Wait, Go ahead. here's the thing with each iteration of world of warcraft you level faster to the next thing it's only 10 more levels and you get way faster. They made it where experience getting from 1 to 60, uh, you got more experience between 1 and 60 to get to 60 faster, to get through those zones, to get but, to the new rating. Yeah. When because I looked at Warcraft the... made everything about getting to rating, people don't know the experience of the level grind to become top level. So yeah, therefore, new they try and become a WoW killer, and they're like, hey, you know what? Check out this fucking thing. It's going to be awesome. You can level in this way and this way, and you can get these gears, and here's our raids. Come look at our raids. They're going to kill WoW. And they let people rush through the experience, get to endgame, and then realize they don't have the team that Blizzard does that can just keep creating more and more raids. So then everyone's like, you have no endgame content. Go fuck yourself and leaves. All right, go ahead, Yusuf. Make your point, and I want to make a point right after you said. No, no, no. You go ahead. You go ahead. All right, perfect. All right, so... <clears throat> I don't know the facts on that. 
I don't know how bad they jumped. They made it easier or harder level. What I can tell you is I started at a time where it was 1 to 70. 1 to 70 felt impossible. And I know that while all of my friends and I, when we played, when we got to 70, it was an accomplishment. Everyone was, oh, I made it to 70. Oh, shit, I'm jealous of you. And then once you made it to 70, it wasn't just now I'm 70. It was now I have to get geared, which was difficult. It was not an easy feat. Uh, going from, especially when there was no group finder and you had to just walk around and you had to type in world chat all the time. Oh, hey, I'm looking actually, for a group actually for talk this. To people. Yes. You had to, oh, oh, I'm looking for a group for this. So I, you had to was, wait for people to join and get your friends online or your guild to help. You had to beg your guild to run me through this, run this with me, run that way. Or you had to do legendary, not legendary, but like secret quest on the side to make sure that you get this item or that item, a specific item that was very useful to whether you're tanking or your AD. I mean, well, just um, your damage. I forget the word. DPS. Now, uh, one to 80. Which is what I had. I had to start over once I left and came back and had to do 1 to 80. 1 to 80 was difficult also. Not as difficult as 1 to 70, mainly because I knew what I was doing this time around. But now I am hearing, though, that 1 to 90 is crazy, especially since you can auto level. I did go back recently. Uh, maybe last year around uh, summertime or maybe fall. And when I went back, I got to level 40 in, I believe, a week. And not even yeah. a full week, maybe like three days of play. And it wasn't straight three days. I still had to go to work and everything and still made it to about 41, 42, maybe got gold out the ass. Like it was absolutely nothing. I agree with you. That is where I feel like WoW has been killed, not because someone else killed it, but because they killed themselves. But what I will say is leveling in uh, 14 was no better. And the only game that I can say that leveling was fucking hard and annoying was Ion. I used to play Ion. We played on a, uh, we played for a short period of time, and it was like up to twenty. Once I got to rank, I mean to level twenty, it was like impossible to play that game anymore. I couldn't find out where to level. I couldn't, like, when I tried to go where I needed to go, where I felt as I needed to go, where my quests were sending me, everything was killing me instantly. Everything was, like, level 26. It was bullshit. Now, uh, World of Warcraft itself is, I agree with you, but I don't feel like World of Warcraft is doing this. I feel like this is the gaming community as a whole. It's being noob-friendly. Yeah. They're trying to get the people who... Okay, my bad. We're sidetracking right here. We, we got to go back to the original point because where we're going right now is actually my third my third one I had to... Well, part of the third one I had to talk about. Now, go ahead and make your point that you want to and we go back to the main point. No, no, no. Go back to the main point. Okay. So, basically, everything Final Fantasy... No, no, my apologies. Jesse, did you have something you had wanted to say? No, I was just going to add on, you said that it took you forever to get to 1 to 70, man. Talk to the people that were in the vanilla WoW. Like, I was in vanilla World of Warcraft. Getting from 1 to 60, you felt god tier. So, okay. that's what I'm saying. I feel like the reason why WoW killers weren't WoW killers is because you miss out on what made WoW WoW. You don't feel connected to your characters anymore because you rush to endgame and then you burn out because there's so many guilds at the moment that move from game to game. They just rush to the max level and then they fucking raid it out. 
Yep. And I remember while I, I was mean, playing, it's a lot of noobs. Go ahead, Yusuf. I was going to say, well, I mean, it depends on what type of game it is. I mean, because some games, like, for example, Diablo 3, there's a very, very prominent speedrun community because, like, they find joy trying to make builds and make strategies that get them through the game the fastest as the fastest way possible. Like, uh, I, I think the most recent thing that I watched about speedruns, they got they helped somebody uh, level up from one to max level, which is 70 now in just over a minute. And that's oh, like, yeah, so they they find these ways to do things like that. But again, Diablo three is a different game from WoW. It's a, it's not it's an MMO, but it's not a tradi- traditional MMO. Put, put like quotes be, uh, behind that. Whoa. But uh, I feel like it, it's about the the whole demographic too, like uh, like culturally Americans and like Western Europeans, mostly Americans, we want our shit now. We want it fast. We don't really like sitting around, especially like if you ever see teens or anything now, if their phone takes more than like three seconds to load something, then they like throw a temper tantrum. And it's just like, you wish you could just take them and put them back into like you know dial up if you remember if you remember that shit. <laughs> oh god. So, <laughs> so, so I'm just saying it's like it, it's a culture thing because like there's a lot of MMOs that aren't even in the states or you know released in uh, English speaking countries. Mostly Korean MMOs that you fuck you can grind for months and still not be at max level. But you know the people that get to max level are these like super gaming gods that just you know wreck everything in their path you know so i I, I guess it depends now to piggyback off of that uh they did have people like that in world of warcraft i forget the guy's name but i loved him i loved his videos i haven't heard of him in so long It, it i just i don't remember his name youtuber uh athene wins holy shit how did they come back that quick athene wins was my guy I loved Athene wins, but he legitimately used to just make an account or make a character and level up as far as he can. Like he'll level up to 1 to 70 and see how fast he could do it. And if I remember right, his fastest time was like a day and six hours like playing time or something like that. It was it was extremely it was stupid. It was literally something that all, all of my friends were like, "There's no way possible he did this." It's, I don't see how he possibly did it. He did it. It was phenomenal. It was crazy. With no help, it's just him by himself out there by himself, just killing it. Yeah, I mean, people people have been doing this for the longest time. Like, I forgot the exact time, but this guy, like, do you guys remember the original Super Mario for like the Nintendo? Yeah. Uh, yeah, not the Super yeah. Nintendo, the Nintendo. Like, okay. there's this guy, I forgot what time, it was like, it was some ridiculously stupid time, but he sped run the entire game in this super, like, short amount of time, blindfolded. What? Okay. Yeah. And, no. I can't believe yeah. that. I can't, I gotta look that up. I think that, that, how do you play, okay, that's too much. You, that's... You, you have to memorize, like, when the hell you do the jumps and everything. You also gotta memorize the load screens and, and the, the sounds and all right. Yeah. So, uh, basically, uh, my point, people, my point. Yeah, that, people have to. Yeah, I was okay. just gonna say people. Uh, people have to find a way to you know play the game more. I think what to, just to piggyback off of Jesse in that case was I agree with you, 
But I think the difference in what he's saying is that that's not a thing anymore. You see how we just had the discussion with the guy who had to blindfold himself and then he had to run. I mean, he had to remember everything in order to play the game and do a speed test. That's a challenge. Nowadays, 1 to 90 is not a challenge anymore. Even playing the game regular, at the, to be 100% honest with you, a lot of the way it was easier for me to try to level up from 1 to 80 on uh, World of Warcraft was I was a healer. Not only that, I had made a druid the second while I was playing, and I got to like one to like seventy four fairly quickly. The main reason of that was I was a feral druid, so I could tank, and then I was also a resto druid, so I could heal. Once they added the group finder into everything, oh my god, leveling was. It's too fast. I didn't even have to quest. If I was having such a hard time in an area or I didn't want to go to a certain area, I would just quest all day. Quest, 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 quest. And then, boom, I rank up. The same with uh, 14. Final Fantasy 14 did the same exact thing. I would just, uh, I mean, my apologies, not quest, Q. I would do the instance over and over and over and over and over and then get my 10 ranks and then get the fuck out. Um, when Final Fantasy... 14 which you also did was like the uh not the instances i forgot what they were called um there was something else where right. like levies i think they were levies oh yeah guild levies and yeah. all that yeah you just do a little levy real quick you do about 10 of them and you you get like two two ranks like it was nothing just two levels but all right now but uh, i mean for but... some of those you, you they did have you have a time limit they or did. like you could only do a certain amount and then you had to you had to wait in like real time for you to uh, be able to do those again. You're right. They they had some difficult ones and some things to get around, but and but when you could increase the rank on them and everything like that, it was it was too easy at that point. Um, now just to to like I said, the detour or swing on back to where we were in our original. My original opinion or original reason for bringing up Final Fantasy VII was the re-release, as I stated before. And just to get back to the re-release, I feel like the the re-release is bullshit. Now we was having a conversation. Uh, before uh, off recording at this point I guess you would say and what I was saying was we've been waiting on Final Fantasy 15 for what uh, 10 years 5 years minimum plus we've been we've been waiting for Final Fantasy versus for a long time whatever their name is that they're releasing re-releasing Final Fantasy 7 after just re-releasing Final Fantasy 7 <laughs> now what looks like the same exact combat system as Final Fantasy 15 and they keep announcing Final Fantasy 15 or recently they announced Final Fantasy 15 and Final Fantasy uh I'm mean, not Final Fantasy Kingdom Hearts 3 around the same time it was supposed to come out last year if I remember around October November that area just fall um and they didn't come out of course they didn't come out they both got pushed back with the same or not the same, but an extremely similar looking combat system. Now, what I say is, at this point, Square Enix is bullshitting us. Now, of course, I can bitch all day about the episodic shit, but that's just backing my argument. Basically, my point is to say, I feel like it's bullshit that they're trying to re-release it with you know, stating that they're going to add more content and all this other extra shit to it. When you took the combat system from 15, my question comes, uh, if you've been pushing back 15 this entire time, is the problem that 15 is not done? Or is the problem that you simply are not prioritizing it? Because with the video that they showed of Final Fantasy 7, it looks phenomenal. 
it does it looks amazing at the same time the video looks smooth given it's just a video but also it's the combat seven of a combat system of 15 or similar combat system of 15. so basically my question would be how do you feel about them remaking and re-releasing final fantasy 7. <clears throat> well i mean generally as a rule of thumb i i don't unless i'm like a, i really like the game and they actually have some sort of actual tangible improvement on it uh i don't i don't buy or do remasters or hd or any of that crap um good wait say it again go they they um for, for the most part they're saying that they're adding a lot more content extra content and they're saying or oh, they show the combat system is not turn-based any longer it looks like a okay. kingdom hearts uh combat system so you know like slash 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 and then a move and then use your magic and etc it looks like you also might be able to use some of the other characters as your main character and you'll be okay. based around mainly using your your, your your single character but what they did say is that they're gonna um they're gonna release it episodically yeah. so well i mean go ahead that, that's the one thing i'm saying it's um a lot of these uh, companies, like if they don't add, like remasters have been a thing for a while. And some companies, it's just a blatant cash grab. Other companies, you know, they legitly add other things for you to do. And it's a good, it's a good re-release if you haven't played the original. And even if you played the original, you know, giving it a chance is probably worth the money. But I mean, uh, there's a lot of these remasters, like uh, what's it called? Uh, one thing I can think of is the Resident Evil stuff. Like, I mean, sure, some of these things it's hard to get a hand, get your hands on now. But honestly, if you had the originals, there's no point whatsoever to get these like uh, remasters because they've been remastered so many times on different consoles, and it's just like a blatant cash grab. It's like, why not just work on the next game in the series rather right. than remaking every game in your entire catalog over again? What they so, can do what I've been asking for is new IPs. Just give me a new game. No, no, it's not even new IPs. Like use the IPs that are dead that everybody liked, but you're not using anymore from a previous like, console. Freaking... What? From a pre like a one from a previous console? No, no, no just dead IPs. Like, uh, like the uh, for the one thing that everybody like came up in arms about uh, a while ago was uh, the whole Mega Man thing. Capcom, mm. just like everybody, there was clearly an audience that wanted Capcom. I mean, Mega Man, and they wanted a decent Mega Man game, not the crap that they would pull out every now and then, or, you know, oh, we have Mega Man in the new uh, Brawl, or uh, things like that, you know? But it, it's just like, they have these all these IPs that people really like, and they just let it die, and they don't, like, since they own the intellectual property, people that actually would make the game aren't allowed to do it, because they don't own the rights to it, so people aren't getting the games that they want, they're getting these crappy remasters and other things like that that nobody really asked for, it's just laziness on some companies' parts. I'm not saying this is for all companies, some, a lot of companies actually do remakes really nicely, and uh, like, just upgrades and other things like that. One of the things that I really enjoyed was uh, if you've never played uh, Divinity, uh original sin they at uh, a, few, a few months ago or something like that they had uh, an extended edition um that they made separately but if you bought the original game you got it for free and they actually added um what's it called a lot of uh voiced 
like a lot of the text in the original wasn't voiced so they added uh, a lot of voicing for this they have a crap ton of uh, bug fixes and they added a bunch of new things to the game and if you bought the original they gave it to you completely for free and even if you were to buy it completely new it wasn't an outrageous price you know so that's something where you bring something back that wasn't necessarily super old but you wanted to re-release it and it wasn't you know just the blatant oh you know we just fixed this one thing over here you know just give us another 60 bucks because why not okay so my two cents on it is when halo does their remastered series i like it like i don't like the fact that they're changing the gameplay of final fantasy 7 remastered to be more like like uh kingdom hearts if you're going to remaster something like re-release something in hd or like remaster it re-fucking master it like don't change the entire gameplay like, for example, with Halo, when they did the remastered, like, the of uh, Master Chief series, like, Halo 1 remastered, it was the same exact fucking game to a T. Mm. All they did was make it, like, you could even, and this was fucking awesome, you could hit the button uh, in on your controller, and you could go back and forth between old graphics and new graphics and see how it, it changed. Right. I think we should do something like that. Like, if you're going to play Final like, if... For example, you're going to be like, hey, little bro, little cousin, you know, child, whatever the hell. Like, if you want the next generation to see something and have it be good, leave it the same. Like, by making it different, you're having a chance of completely ruining it, for, for, for starters. And second of all, like, you're not technically remastering it. You're making a second game. Call it something else. Yes. Uh, like, Final Fantasy VII, when I heard that it was being re-released, I'm like, okay, cool. It's just going to be the same game but looking pretty and it's not that that's not what it is at all it's a completely different fucking game it has the same story you know it goes along the same path i'm sure they have certain elements that are the same but you're not remastering the game at that point you're remaking the game into a different setting you're it's not you know like halo did it's halo they didn't change a goddamn thing you need to do that uh sky like uh, the elder troll series they just keep making a new version of the game and like they're not calling it like, oh, this is Morrowind Remastered. No, it's Oblivion. This isn't Oblivion Remastered, it's Skyrim. <laughs> That's one of the things of like, don't get me wrong, I'm not going to defend the whole Elder Scrolls series too, too much because I'm not a fan of the Elder Scrolls series. But what they do, they do correctly. They give you a new game every few years. There's a lot of core elements. You can tell it's the same game from the same, like the same type of game from the same people. But they don't call it the same thing. They don't call it Morrowind Remastered. They just call it Oblivion. They call it Elder. Like, they call it Skyrim because it is a different game with slightly different gameplay mechanics. If you're gonna have different gameplay mechanics, call it a different game. But that, that's the one thing about PC, though. That's PCs are unique when it comes to the video game community, just because there's so many freaking options for PC. Right, for yeah, example, yeah. remasters, remasters just for HD or just for visuals make no. Uh, for me, make no sense on the on the pc whatsoever there's no like if you own the original game on another console or like especially for like the older systems like playstation one or these things there are emulators out there you can play your games and nine times out of ten they let you down sample they let you put in shaders they let you like even if they don't like sweet effects is a big thing uh you can make the game look better than anything that like usually 
people bring up to you like every time every single time it, like for the elder scrolls let's just say that when they bring out a new elder scrolls game every single time within like a week or two people bring out better texture packs people bring out bug fixes people bring out better textures that the studio themselves wouldn't even make you know like when they brought out the um the complimentary 2k or like complimentary 8d textures for skyrim I, a few people use them as base textures, but nine times out of ten, people didn't bother installing it just because it was a bunch of like files that they weren't going to use because they're overriding it with texture files from a better mod that, like, at some points, doubles, quadruples, you know, you can get like eight times better texture quality from getting mods, you know. So for PC, doing something purely like, oh, hey, we mastered it, it looks better. It's like, well, we already made it better, you know. All right, so that's perfect because uh, technically we just hit all of my uh, my points, and that is taking us into the third point. So let's go into the third one. The question is: Are consoles still relevant in the rise of the PC gaming? Oh yeah, oh yeah. This, I mean, PC. You can do a lot with PC. You can emulate things, but then again, it's not perfect. I mean, there are some games that I can only play on consoles. There are some games that I can only play using my handheld, you know? I, I mean, I, I, I love playing, for example, the Disgaea series. That's on the PlayStation and the Vita, you know? Uh, Persona 4, the Persona games in general, console games, Danganronpa, like Super Smash Brawl, uh, Super Smash Bros. Uh, what's it called? There's just so many, like, console-specific games that are like so just I, I like them and i can't get them on the pc and honestly some games just don't like i mean sure you can get them to work on pc but i i, I guess what i'm saying is uh, some things are just as conducive to some people on the pc plus you got to look into the whole thing that if you want a good great gaming pc i mean you, you can get a mid-range pc that can play most things but people get into the trap when they try to do pc gaming especially if they don't know a lot of a lot of things about computers they want the best of the best and that just that ranks up on the money plus if you don't know how to build your own pc people end up buying like brand name like alienware and like overspending and other things like that so money is definitely an issue when it is money and knowledge and time to actually learn crap mm. and like so many fucking things can go wrong on a pc you gotta like especially now with a lot of games go coming out for early access there's so much fucking crappy optimization things you got to go around if you buy a game it might crash on you you might not be able to play it there are so many things that you have to deal with but with a console it's just one set of hardware so when a game fucking releases for the console it's gonna fucking work for the console because there's no like optimizing it for like nine billion systems it's just that one system and you're 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 pretty much guaranteed that when you buy this game and you plug it into your or you push it into your system or download or whatever the fuck you do now that it it, it will fucking work you know so yeah. there are up there are up points for consoles there are up points for pc i mean i don't think consoles are going anywhere for a while no they're not that's the same point i've always been bringing up for a while is where I mostly play on PC, the one thing, like, I have a PlayStation 4, I was a big Xbox 360 junkie, uh, the one thing that I can always say about Xbox, like, consoles is, again, 
no matter what, if a game is labeled as a PC game, it's not guaranteed to work in your PC. If something's labeled as an Xbox One game, it's guaranteed to work in your Xbox One. Every Xbox One, regardless. That's mm. deep. All right. I do have a point to make. Point would be, of course, all but, but, games. Okay. I was going to say, but then again, you know, it's like I, people always bring up like the original Xbox, how like a lot of like so they were released with like some sort of error on the end for like, I think the fan or something like that. And people were just getting constant like mm-hmm. uh, or like orange rings and all that. And like they pretty much just brick their fucking system. Oh, I mean, ring for, death, the yellow yeah, light. Yeah. Yellow yeah, light so dev. Like yep. things like that. If you like, it, I mean, they don't happen often, but when they do happen, or something goes wrong with your system, then you know you can't just be like, oh, well, you know, I can get another part, toss it into my my console, and then I'll be all right. So that's the one thing PC has. PC has the whole, especially if you built your PC and it's a desktop, laptops, you know, you're mostly shit out of luck unless you send it back to the manufacturer. But if it's a desktop and like say your your uh, power supply fucks up on you. Just go back, get another uh, power supply, pop it in there, and you know, it'll work out. Yeah, yeah. I personally think that there's the same, some game genres that work better with the keyboard and mouse, and some game genres that work better with the controller. I mean, granted, you can always pop a controller onto your computer, yeah. but I mean, then you have the whole like advantage disadvantage of using a controller versus a keyboard and mouse and people start well, getting I mean, for, if, you're, if you're talking about that then I mean for the PC you can plug in game sticks you can plug yeah. in accessories hell I've seen people emulate the Wii using the Wii uh, the actual Wii remotes and playing that on their through their PC so I mean for utility wise the PC has it nothing but you can pretty much plug anything into a PC and it'll function. Agreed. All right. Now, basically, what I wanted to say was uh, regarding the exclusives. Coming at this point, it's a lot of exclusives that are not exclusives any longer. Not only just that, the exclusives that are on console are not that great any longer. There, it's like just past 2014, 2013 have been the years of the sequels. Everything that has been coming out, everything that we have been looking forward to are not original IPs at this point. The last original IP that I know for a fact that I can quote and say was good was The Last of Us. Besides that, everything that's been coming out has been the third, the fourth, the fifth. I mean, well, you got to think about it. If, if you make one game and it's really great, you're going to obviously make a sequel. When you make that sequel... You're gonna pretty much everything comes in threes. Star Wars trilogy, for whatever reason, people really like the concept of a trilogy, unless the game is actually good. Because usually it goes one, it's a good game. Two, it could be better, but you know, the one was still pretty much good in a lot of people's mind. And then the company pretty much just gets lazy as fuck, and they release the third, and they're just like, you know what? Everyone's gonna buy this. We're not gonna make a fourth. Fuck them. That's how. how That's how. That's how I, I've seen a lot of things, like the like the uh, the Batman series, Batman Arkham Asylum, great game, yep. blew everybody's mind. Arkham City, great game, opened it up. Some parts in Arkham Asylum I liked more. Arkham City, obviously the larger area was nice, floating around and everything. But honestly, it was the same thing. It's just fly from one point, beat somebody up, go up, fly to another point, beat somebody. There wasn't a lot of variety, so it was yes. just like a it was an open world with nothing to do. 
having the open world was interesting. And then Arkham freaking Arkham um, Arkham Knight, everybody was just like, holy shit, there's going to be the bat car. It's going to be awesome. They're going to like take the good points from Arkham Asylum and Arkham Arkham City. And it's just going to be amazing. Pretty much a bunch of shit. <laughs> I mean, um, hell, when it was on Steam, they had to take it down from yeah. Steam because it just it was it was a it was a pile of shit. It wasn't running on anybody's computers. It was hardly optimized, so they literally took it down and then like re-released it after some time. Like but, Fantasy fourteen. Yeah, so, <laughs> Man. But, things like that. That's how I. Well, uh, in the way I see it is. I feel like a bunch of games, there was something when I was working in-house that was told to me, and it made a lot of sense, because there was definitely a bad guy, like a boss, on the game that reminded me of a few other games. And when I was talking to one of the producers there about it, I'm like, this boss, I fucking faced him in World of Warcraft, he's in God of War, and everything like that. Like, it's similar mechanics and a similar look. And he's like, yeah, but he was a successful boss. People like that boss. So there's a certain level of risk and reward. Pretty much what he was getting at is if he if we're making a new game and it's a brand new IP, then we want to have at least, you know, you want to put something in there that you know people are going to like because it takes away some of the risk from it because there's at least one thing people, you know, somebody's going to enjoy about it. I think the thing is, is why we're not seeing a lot of new IPs is two reasons. One, the biggest reason is it's safe. It's safe to keep re-releasing Madden because Madden people are going to keep fucking playing it. It's safe to re-release Call of Duty because Call of Duty I mean, people are going to keep fucking playing it. The Arkham City, it's, you know, you know people like that game, so why would you not milk it while people are still fucking buying it? The problem is... That's the, the thing, milking it. Yeah. The problem is the consumers allow the game companies to milk the same fucking thing over and over again. I mean, uh, the last Mario has like the Mario hasn't had a good game that for the last like ten years. That's not a, like a sports game. Like the Mario, the only good Mario games nowadays are like Super Smash Brothers and the Mario sports games. Not even the Mario parties are good anymore. Not even the Mario Karts are good anymore. I mean, some of the, some of the ideas that they brought out with like the Super Mario Worlds, uh, they had they had concepts in there and the level of, the level design and the music and everything is still. They mix it up enough. I mean, there's there's only so much you can, like, divert from the actual platformer aspect. I mean, you got, like, for some of the things that they did in, like, Super Mario Galaxy and other things like that, they, they explore the platformer a little more. So I'll give that to Nintendo. It's not just a super cookie-cutter way. I mean, some of the newer ones, it's kind of, like, getting, like, they're not having as much, like, uh, exploration with their ideas as, like, the older platformers, but they're still... They still haven't given up and just like, you know, a carbon copy, here you go, give us your money. It hasn't gotten to that point for Nintendo yet, so I want to give them that credit. Well, uh, what I want to say is, uh, to continue, just to go back to the whole console conversation. I am personally a PC gamer. Uh, I've given up on my console. Uh, last console I owned was an Xbox 360. Uh, played it, you know, I played Xbox 360 for a long time, a little shortly after it released and everything, and I sold it around 2013, not 2013, yeah, around 2014, actually, I sold it around the end of 2014, as I had a piece, built my PC in the beginning of 2014, instantly went down for a long, probably a year, a year, I was able, I had a thousand dollar paperweight for about a year. 
fixed it. And of course, it's the shit, you know. I, I don't flex on it like that, but it's beautiful. Love my computer. Now, once I gave up console gaming, I'm not going to lie to you, I enjoyed gaming a lot more. Now, it left me in the area of confusion because I didn't know what to play. As there's so much to play. I feel that at this point, PC gaming is the future. And that's not because I'm a PC elitist or uh, a PC master race person. What we run into the problem is, uh, even though it does take a decent amount, if you don't know how to build a computer, that's true. Honest to God, that is extremely true. As I've heard people, even with my first build coming up, it was, I think, $1,500. It was just stupid the shit I wanted to get. Now, knowing what I know now, it's a lot easier to build a computer for a lot cheaper that can run everything consistently. Yeah, no, honestly, I spent fourteen hundred on my computer. I could have spent eight hundred dollars and still would have been able to play most of the shit. But it's just like when you're getting, it's like, oh, well, what about if I need this? I need one more fucking gigahertz on my CPU. I need that shit. And it's just like when you're buying it, you get into that whole like marketing thing where it's just like, this is brand new, thirty percent off. Yeah. You get all this shit, and it's just like, well, I, if I don't get, if I don't do it now. Yeah, no. and someone might say, "Oh, you paid a thousand dollars for your computer. I paid five hundred dollars for my uh, my Xbox or whatever." The thing that comes down to it, my whole my computer wasn't actually a thousand dollars. My computer was actually, I want to say six or seven. When it well, comes, oh yeah, yeah. Well, not including the whole accessories and right. the operating system that's and all that saying. crap. No, that's that's actually with just well, actually no, you're right. When I say it was a thousand, it's because I had to get a monitor keyboard you know all that good stuff operation yeah, yeah, system yeah. etc that took it higher uh given just if i had a tv at the time and a cheap ass keyboard i would have been perfectly fine but i didn't go cheap on my monitor i wanted to get a decent monitor that could do what i wanted it to do which is 1080p with an hdmi cord and all that good stuff unfortunately i wanted to have speakers but i don't even to this day i have no speakers just use headphones it's sad but it happens i mean most people don't yeah Headphone. I mean, speakers anyway. So, I mean, it all boils down to what type of gaming you want to do. Like, I mock mobile gaming and handheld, and like you know, uh, handheld gaming. But if you're constantly traveling, maybe handheld gaming's for you. If you just only have five to ten minutes every now and then to dick around on the game, and it comes sporadically, maybe mobile gaming's the thing for you. It, I mean, it it all comes down to how invested you want to be and what type of gamer you want to be. I mean, right. personally, I think. There's some situations like I actually left PC gaming from when I was doing shooters for console gaming because I felt as though shooters on PC gaming were too easy. Like it, you could, what? it became too unreal. CS:GO. Huh? No, I uh, well, I played, I played a like, bit of Call uh, like Counter Strike. Um, I logged before CS:GO came out. I played a bit of Counter Strike where I walked. Where I went to like a lobby. And there was a guy wall hacking where he was just shooting walls and getting fucking headshots. Well, so I, I mean, that's, that's the one thing. But, I mean, yeah. it, depending on what server you get on, especially if it's, uh, like, an actually supported major server, then you won't get a lot of that. Yeah, true. But I just walked up, stabbed him, and left. Um, I might, like, <laughs> primarily did Call of Duty. But it got to the point where I could move my, like, twitch my wrist, and I would reduce almost all the recoil that I had. Um, the amount, like, I know you can lower the sensitivity in, like, Xbox and everything like that, but I felt as though by switching it over to a console for shooters, it became 
more difficult, and therefore I liked it better because that right. made it more Is real. It more difficult, or you're just you you're just handicapping yourself with a controller. Handicapping yeah, myself. He's, okay. He's more difficult. You could handicap yourself on PC too. Yeah. Well. But it's not the same. Now, hold on, just to continue. Yeah, but everybody has that handicap. Like, it's one of those, like, I don't know. It's Handicapping yourself when nobody else has that same handicap only works to a certain extent. Yeah, like... You... But then again, uh, you know, Phil plays Siege and some other things, and he plays them better with a controller than he does with a keyboard, so... No, I can't believe that. It's, it's, I can't believe that he... I've played mouse and keyboard controller and back and i hated playing like battlefield with my mouse and keyboard when i first started and then i started to play with the the controller i even ran into this problem recently on smite you run into the problem that you don't get the the direct input you don't get that that little bit of a of a, a pubic hair of a distance that you need Dude, to get. That saying is not gonna happen. Stop. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna push this. That that little bit of a, of a distance that you need to cover in order to kill somebody for a headshot. The difference between a shot on the hitbox on the chest and a hitbox on the head. You can't reach that little area with. A, uh, with a controller you can't no matter how much you fix the sensitivity because I mean, that's the reason that's the reason aim assist is a thing in games and unfortunately on pc i mean it exists on pc but it's not it's not as it is just like i understand what jesse's saying with uh when you go on console and everyone has it then you run into the situation where it's a level it's a level playing field i'm the shit uh, you bullshit, but at the same time, I can't be my full extent. I can't reach Super Saiyan 4 with uh, a controller, but with a mouse and keyboard, I'm, I'm Super Saiyan 17. With a controller, I can only go Super Saiyan 2. You know, I've, I've experienced that. Now, I played on, uh, I played Call of Duty, etc. on my time on Xbox 360 with, of course, a controller, and I was shit, I must say. I, I enjoyed it. We almost went to, uh, you know, we did game battles every now and then, almost went like somewhere because the, the guy i played with actually ended up getting sponsored at some point and he wasn't bad it wasn't as if I, w I could beat him but i could hold my ground against him so i feel it's possible that i could have gotten sponsored at some point if i stayed with it playing pc gaming with a or going to pc gaming with like playing battlefield or playing call of duty with a controller is a reality check on pc or reality check on pc i played it i tried it the shit didn't work not only that i played with mouse and keyboard without practicing whatsoever reality check it goes it, it shows you that if you don't actually put in the time and the practice on mouse and keyboard you will not make it you won't survive because I played the um, what's the the newest Call of Duty uh, event? Not Advanced Warfare, is it? Whatever it is. So on the Black Ops Three. Yeah. Oh, Black Ops Three. There you go. The beta. The beta had came out before the game launched, and I played the beta. Now, given I hate Call of Duty at this point, I love Black Ops One and Two mainly for the story, and the actual multiplayer wasn't trash as all the other ones were, but the. Uh, 
the, the 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 beta we played and everything was horrendous. I walk around the corner, the guy shot me in my face instantly, and it didn't feel like aimbot because I used to play uh the Nexon game, Combat Arms. I used to play Combat Arms, and you oh, come across. It was a fun game. That that game is a game that taught me how to shoot. Had my boy Doctor Dots, I think his name was, uh, wherever he is. Shout out to him. But Doctor Dots took me into, he took me into a server and. He, we legitimately worked on my skills. It wasn't like, oh, he bust my ass until I got good. It was shoot here, shoot here, shoot left, shoot right, and then you twitch it. If you can hit these back and forth, then we go. We'll fight, game to seven or whatever. Uh, we'll shoot. You start off with pistols, just pistols so you can work on your aim. Uh, make it so that the game, make it so that only headshots kill with pistols so you can't spray at my head you have to shoot my head we move back and forth and get you and with the movement it gets you uh being able to keep your gun at a level area of the the head and, and moving with it now uh that's just like we playing uh kill killing floor killing floor gets you headshots like instantly kill just about uh you gotta locate the head the heads are not ginormous you shoot the head and then move on battlefield oh quick point anybody remember big head mod from golden eye I have, yeah. yes, yes, I do. Oh, man. Good times. Anyway, <laughs> Playing Battlefield, play Battlefield with a controller, I got decimated. It was disgusting. Switched over to mouse and keyboard, still got decimated. But <laughs> I worked on it. I grabbed my sniper, your twitch shots, everything along those lines. Your, once you let your, your instincts take over at that point, it revitalized my fun in shooters. I don't see how gaming on a console besides the exclusives and the easy UI. I can understand that or operation system. I understand that the user interface and the operation system on the consoles are a lot more child and um let me say no offense to them moron friendly when you're attempting to play a game. I can understand how Windows can get confusing, especially Windows 8.1. I haven't really fondled with Windows 10 yet because I'm afraid to upgrade. But I can oh, understand. I can understand oh. how they get. I can understand how they get. They get scary. They get intimidating, especially when something doesn't work. When something doesn't work, if you don't know how to work on it, if you're afraid to crack open your PC and go inside of it, I understand how it's intimidating. But, like I said, I paid about 700 for just the parts alone for my computer. I did not need a monitor. I could have used any other random TV that was around my house. When it all comes down to it, people are paying $500 for consoles like, let's say, the Xbox One. People still having problems with those Xbox Ones that originally came out. Whether PlayStation 4s, people are having trouble with the controllers. And when all boils down, they, like... They're, they're attempting to become PCs. They're adding the web browser. They're adding Netflix. Right, this, has been, this has been going on for a while. I mean, hell, back in uh, back when the freaking Dreamcast was out, they had uh, they had a port for internet connection for multiplayer. So That's this has right. Been going on. Yeah, this that, has been there's nothing wrong with that. No, no, no. Internet service is not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is the actual internet browser. When you start adding oh. like the browser yes. and you start trying down there trying to implement PC games on to the Xbox. The crazy part I mean, is I, go ahead. It's it's less uh, in my mind. It, it's less trying to make it into a PC and trying to make it, it more uh, more trying to make it into a 
an entertainment system rather than just a video yeah. game system because now you really? have you have the social media especially with the xbox xbox is like the proprietor for all this just because you know they're big into the pc in the first place i mean come on windows so they have all like even for windows 10 they have xbox live as a app on windows 10 and you can't get rid of it like it's just it's just on there i mean you don't, have to, you don't have to use it and it doesn't bother me but like you cannot uninstall that shit it's just like built in that's kind of like if you actually realize talking about consoles being entertainment systems not just game the original when playstation came out it was called playstation entertainment system it wasn't playstation gaming console it's always they've always been entertainment system they've yeah, always been all about i feel like it. i i feel like the term entertainment system has changed because even back in the day, the Nintendo, the NES was the Nintendo entertainment system, but in that sense, it was entertaining you because it was a video game system. But now when people say entertainment system, they include things like TV, internet service, like, you know, apps such as Netflix. I mean, it's evolved. So, like, the term itself is the same, but it's evolved in its meaning because you wouldn't say the Nintendo was an entertainment system the same way you would say the Xbox One is an entertainment system. But now I'll take it a little further. I'll take it further now. Uh, what I'll say is the problem I run into is, let's say, uh, how they, they, they bring out the Xbox One, they say that they want to do all the snapping, or they do all the snapping, and that's how their selling point is. One of the things is snapping. I went over a friend's house. This was not this year. This is not before the cloud was entered into... The game is probably maybe around, yeah, I'm going to say about February of last year. Yeah, somewhere around that area. Go over to my friend's house. I play his Xbox One that he got for Christmas and everything. And I snap ESPN onto the right side of the screen. And I begin to play NBA 2K14. As I'm playing NBA 2K, I feel like it was 14. It was either 14 or 15. Whichever one it was, I'm playing it. As I begin to play the game and with the, the with ESPN running, and I think I had like the scores on the bottom of the screen or some shit like that. You know, usual, uh, that shit. As I continue to play, the game begins to f- drop frames. And on top of dropping frames, it freezes three times in one hour. Not a I mean, simple freeze. It's not just requiring uh, a lot more processing power running that. But my ESPN problem app. is, my problem is, no, it's not ESPN app. It's his TV. His TV is snapped at this point. It's not the ESPN app. It's the TV. Because oh. you can plug up the cable cord to the back of the Xbox and it'll become your cable box at that point. Okay, so it's running, it's processing all that stuff too. Then it's not your TV. Is it? Is it your TV that's processing the uh, cable, or no, is it no. the Xbox that's processing? No, it? It, it would be it would be the Xbox at that point. But my argument is that is a feature added and that was marketed. It was not as if that is a feature that was randomly given or it was a mod or anything of that nature. And this is why I cut to the conclusion of, in my opinion, consoles. Well, I feel like consoles should become or be coming to a point of obsolescence. 
Now, given I know there's a great amount of people who just love Xbox, who just love Sony, some PlayStations, who who does not wish to go to PC, who's afraid of PC, who doesn't want to drop the money. If someone would say, I'd rather drop $500 on the Xbox One than to drop $700 on a computer that can play all of those games and do more and can do more than what the Xbox One can do. Because I'm just saying, I can watch Netflix, have a YouTube video up, play Fallout 4, and... <laughs> talk to you all on another device all at one time and my computer is not even that big and that's without frame rate drops i mean i could yeah. snap all that shit the reason why consoles aren't going to die for a long time is because it's all inclusive xbox has the party system when i mean think about how many chat systems we have with pcs to try and get people like it's way easier to round up friends on a console than it is right. on a pc the UI. That's what that's what I'm saying. The UI. Right. Well, that that I was gonna say. Councils aren't gonna die off because you have to think about not just the concept of the councils, but the companies behind these things. Yeah. Like the Sony, uh, freaking Nintendo. These these guys are billion dollar companies. These. Guys why would Microsoft make it? Wild. Why would Microsoft take away the Xbox when they can get you to buy an Xbox and a PC? Exactly. Yeah. So it's like these companies have a lot of money. They have a lot of backing. And again, it's always going to come down to there's like as much as the PC is great. You can get a lot of things on the PC. You can do a lot with the PC. The whole the learning curve for getting into PC gaming, the pricing and the fact that there are like system exclusive, like real exclusives. I'm not talking about, oh, it's an exclusive when it releases and then a year later, the game of the year comes out for every That's system. No, I'm, talking about, like, I'm talking about like Nintendo keeps their IPs like fucking locked in a safe behind like Terminators and, and shit. That's, that, I, that's what I'm talking about. I do want to make a point. Uh, and that leads into, which is not written on paper, but I'm going to start. Like this, this is me. This is my opinion. Whenever somebody talks about this opinion, you need to quote me. I am Jesus of this. The Wii U is the only system worth buying in next gen. Nope. Yes. The Wii U is garbage. Well, I mean, assuming that uh, I would say yes and no to that. Well, actually, no. I would say I would say no to that. One, most people still play the Wii. Like my friend was telling me the other day that more people were playing online on their Wii than their Wii U. Just because people didn't feel that there was a lot, a lot of improvement from the uh, like on the Wii. I, uh, I mean, on the Wii U as a cord, uh, as a uh, as compared to the Wii from the I, GameCube. I agree. But um, another thing was uh, a lot of people when the Wii U came out, they thought like the way that they advertised it. A lot of people assumed that the Wii U was an accessory of the Wii because they were they were more. Uh, it should have been rather than yeah there were there were uh advertising the tablet like controller and everybody was looking at that and like oh yeah you know that's just an accessory that you plug in and then you can play your wii games on it so that was a whole thing that dropped off a lot of sales in the beginning but another thing is oh nintendo themselves are thinking like they've been saying that they're going to discontinue like support for the wii u it's it's turning out to be one of the like shortest council like council lives because they they've already um announced their uh what's it called their system that's in development the nintendo nx or whatever the hell we use a flop i I like the wii 
the Wii U, if it would have come out earlier, would have been a really strong competitor in my mind. If it came out when the Wii came out? Yeah, if it came out when the Wii came out, it would have been a really strong competitor. But it it came out at an awkward time, and plus it, it, it didn't offer as much as the Wii did. You know, the Wii has a larger library. The Wii has been, like, supported more with AAA titles, not just Nintendo titles, like third-party developers were supporting the Wii a lot more, you know? There's just so much in the Wii that bringing out the Wii U, especially as a contender to, like, the PS4 and all that, it wasn't a really smart idea on Nintendo's part. I mean, to throw it out there, to kind of jumpstart, like, to jump off the, when you said about the Nintendo having their IPs in a lockbox, that's the only thing I feel that's keeping Nintendo alive. Yep. is the only reason to buy a Wii U is for the exclusives, is for Smash Brothers, is for any other whatever Nintendo fanboy exclusive you want to go for. Other I than that, like, the system is garbage. It's the I, lowest... I like fun- you, can, you, you can say the same thing for the other consoles, though. Yep. I mean, okay, here's the thing. It's, the other consoles at least offer, you know, they're yeah, like mid-tier computers on a... like Not good computers, but they're at least mid-tier computers that hook up to your TV that you can play with friends. The Wii U, the Wii Pad, how many people, like, when we play Smash Brothers at work, nobody wants to fucking use the pad. The You're pad right. is used, it's garbage. The Wii, nobody uses the fucking nunchucks or anything like that. Don't get me wrong, like, it was a nice idea, but at least when Microsoft did the Connect, you have the ability to use, like, the Connect wasn't their be-all, end-all for the system. The problem was, is with the Wii, with Nintendo, the nunchuck and everything like that, they, that was your giant selling point, and you can't, like... Sure. It means not about dancing around in a fucking room. Like, yes, like that's fun in an arcade, but you also notice in an arcade, Dance Dance Revolution and the ones that you have to move around for aren't the biggest games in the arcade that get played. That's not all the arcade is. Right. You, well, you do have to consider that a large buying audience for them is Japan itself. And a lot of, like, uh, like in Japan, even now, arcades are still a thing in Japan. I don't know why the hell we got rid of arcades because those things were fucking awesome. But that's a thing in Japan, and they enjoy those types of, like, social gaming things. And, you know, if you've ever seen anything, like, Japanese are pretty weird. And they actually, <laughs> you know, they, have, they have some fun. Let's just say yeah. that. Uh, but so I mean they, that's a large marketing thing, and you have to admit that the Wii, well, I like the Connect was good and all that stuff. I mean I didn't really enjoy it myself, but for the technology that it was, it was good. But you had like the Wii is really the thing that brought like inner interactivity with games more than just you know. Yeah, and here's the like, thing, like, the Kinect ended up going to be used more by people trying to do, like, graphic design and, like, military testing shit than anything else. Like, the Kinect ended up being used more outside of the gaming world than in the gaming world. All I'm saying is, the Wii, Nintendo is living off of locked IPs at the moment. They don't have, their system is so far under... Like, don't get me wrong, like, you could, if you would put stats next to each other, like, okay, the Xbox One is a little bit under the stats of the PlayStation 4, but the Xbox One provides these types of, you know, bells and whistles. The Wii and the Wii U, like, Nintendo, the last two systems they released have been significantly under par. Like, not even close to a mid-tier PC. Just but thinking thinking about Nintendo as a company... The, like the one of the main reasons that they keep all their shit on lockdown is because they th- think of them as like Coca-Cola. 
no matter where you fucking go in the world, you yep. know what Coke Mark. is. It's not just a video game. It's it's like a it, it's a cultural icon in a lot of places, and they capitalize on this. They they don't just make video games. They make products. They make yep. TV series. Like the reason they keep this on lockdown is because it's a to. major money maker. Like it's not just about the video game environment for them. Like the Nintendo has become like a cultural like phenomenon and a lot of, like like the thing that uh, what's it called? Uh, Hello Kitty. Like Hello Kitty is a fucking cultural phenomenon that came out of fucking nowhere. Yeah. And it, it's like the same concept. It's not just a like a internalized thing for this one subsection of like interest it like exploded out and it's like everywhere even people that don't play games know who the fuck mario is know who the fuck pikachu is and they buy these things because like you know it's just like i don't know who he is but my kid loves him i'm gonna buy all this crap and give it to him you know so I mean, this was stabbing out earlier was mario games don't even have to be good anymore for people to buy them people are gonna buy them because the name mario is on the fucking thing yeah, but and plus you have to realize that um, it, it's a positive that they're keeping all these. I, I mean, it's a positive and negative. Negative because you have to actually buy their system to yeah. play on it. But it's positive because if they keep all these IPs, they at least have to keep the quality that they bring out. Even though it's not to the level where it's just like, oh my god, every new release is like, like mind blowing. They have to keep it at a level where people don't automatically hate it on release yep. because again it's like it's a huge money maker. I mean Nintendo has a lot of IPs that are really good. Like it's it it, it it wouldn't kill them. It would hurt them a lot if they lost one of their IPs, but it it wouldn't kill them. I mean Correct. Nintendo is just sitting on so much fucking money that it's it's not funny. So it, they're going to be fine for a long time and thinking about how nintendo started nintendo started as like a card game yeah. board game like they started off small like that and then they just like busted into the scene and they've been big ever since so nintendo isn't going anywhere but they're keeping their ips and they're going to keep their ips healthy at the very least they're not going to let their ips die off agreed all right so this is what i say oh. Uh, well, one topic that I just wanted to bring up before I forgot it. Uh, this is going back to the whole uh, uh, like re-releases and like the whole it's it's a safe uh, developers keeping things safe because you know they want to make obviously their business they want to fucking make money. Uh, but like the the thing about that is it, it comes to a point where the gaming industry itself, in my mind, has an issue when they're spending more money on advertising and marketing the game than the actual development of the game you know there's yeah. all like like the past few years you could see this watch dogs witcher 3 all of these games that like people have been so hyped on at e3 all these conventions there's so many like trailers and teasers and all this stuff Telling your head like pre-order this now it's gonna be the best game of 20 like these games are winning awards before they're even developed which yeah i still don't fucking get but like you always see like e3 best game of 2016 coming out in 2017 and it's like wait what 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 the hell did you just say i don't know if i just had my head in the dirt or something like that but halo to me 
I didn't hear anything about Halo. And, like, it was just a sleeper hit. Like, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know it was coming out. The first All one? Sudden, like, yeah, the first one. Yeah. I was in fucking Power or EB, uh, EB Games or whatever the fuck it was before GameStop bought it out. And yeah, I was in there, and it was on the fucking, like, screen as a, you know, it was, like, three days before Xbox came out. And they had their Xbox set up pre-early Xbox set up with a game. And Halo was on there. And I was playing that with my brother. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? I'm buying an Xbox. Like, it was, I had nothing about it, but it was just a phenomenal game with no background whatsoever. I was a I mean, people, again, it, it was the first title in the IP, and, like, I, they won't heavily advertise it, but now it's, there's so much, like, it's just in general, not any, like, every company does this. There's just so much money put into the actual process of getting people to buy the game before it's released that I feel it's hurt. Like, I, in my honest opinion, I think pre, like, uh, pre-sales are like the fucking devil when it comes to it. I think it's <laughs> yeah. hurting the gaming company because it, especially when it, like, I, I, I could understand it back in the day when people actually went into GameStop, people actually went into, like, Game Craze or whatever, your low EB games, whatever you go to. And, like, it, it was like a niche title that wasn't really popular and that would only get a certain amount of shipments the store pre-ordering that that made sense then because you know there's only like a few hundred copies coming in if you didn't get it you'd have to wait months until you could get it but now that everything is digital you're guaranteed uh, you're gonna get it when it comes out you're gonna get it there's no oh we ran out of digital copies so pre-ordering is the dumbest thing it's just giving people money and telling them hey i know you're not done working but here is full price Here's the money. I hope you finish your work 100. percent You know, and it's do it like, work. It's like it's like it, it's like you wouldn't go into a you you wouldn't go into work and then ask your boss to pay you halfway through and then you know most people aren't gonna fucking finish the work because it's like oh you know what you already paid me for the day bye. So yeah. it's just like I'm I'm gonna make this look pretty and then give you the trash. I so, missed demo discs. Yes, and that's I was just thing. having a that's discussion that, about that. That is another thing. Demos aren't a thing anymore. Like, back in the day, everybody fucking had a demo. No one asked for everybody. it. No one, no one, wants, yeah. like, no one in the industry wants it anymore. We'd rather you to oversell and, and tell that's us how true. your game is going to be that's phenomenal. Like three. Mass Effect 3 did a demo. Because I know, because when I was working at Big Huge Games, we put out a demo. Uh, and we had, like, a... Uh, there was a deal between, like, with us, where if you played the Kingdoms of Emular demo, and you, like, if you played Reckoning's demo, and you played Mass Effect 3's demo, like, by playing our demo, you got something in Mass Effect 3, and if by playing Mass Effect 3 demo, you got something in our game. So demos are a thing, and people played a lot of that. I know a good amount of people that got the Mass Effect uh, gear in Emular. Yeah, that's, that's the other thing that I really don't like about some of these things, like, especially GameStop is a huge fucking proprietor of this and it's just really fucking bad all these things like it's on top of the pre-order thing it's like oh if you pre-order we're going to give you this this and this it's like no you motherfucker that's not what you that's not what you're doing you're making that content cutting it out of the game purposely and telling me if i don't buy it early i don't get that shit that's what you're telling me you're not giving me anything for free Uh, so 150 dollars worth of day one dlc yeah, it's, it's just like one day day one DLC is the dumbest thing I ever heard. It's like I just dropped sixty dollars on a game if I'm if I'm buying on console. 
or I mean, I don't. I hardly ever buy games on full, for full price anymore. But back in the day, it's like you're telling me if I buy that game for sixty bucks, brand new, I have to give you another what, like ninety dollars to get everything else that yep. I was supposed to get. On and it's always bullshit. It's yeah, always it's bullshit. Like, it's always like it's never an actual addition to the game. I remember I, I was just having that conversation. I miss it back in the day when we had the Xbox or the the PlayStation One, PlayStation Two, where you play a game, you beat a game, and then oh, you think you're done with the game, but because you played the game again on hard with the the continued on what you had before in the last playthrough, now the game is a little bit longer so it makes you oh want to play God. the game over again and see if it's any more and then come to find out you unlock a new game mode you unlock costumes now they just doing is they locking that shit and then they go and they give you the dlc how you pay for the dlc and then it's like some hour-long bullshit most of it's oh, cutscene. <laughs> like um, one thing that was one thing that was really bad was uh, like locked on disc DLC, mm-hmm. DLC oh, that yeah. was already it's already on the disc. Yeah, that that they just purposely locked until you paid for it. Right. Oh my god. And then, but, and then, and then the but, other thing was I, one of the games that really, really was just horrible. Watch Dogs. Yep. It, it kind of it kind of dropped on everybody's expectations from what we were what, what people kinda. promised. Like you said, kind of. But on top of that, it was um, what's it called? There were so many companies trying to get a piece of that watchdog because there was so much hype. People knew people were going to buy it. And there was so much like marketing money put into it that people were pre-ordering out the ass. So all these mm-hmm. companies, GameStop, Walmart, all these places were pretty much making deals with companies saying, hey, if you give us this piece of content and say if they buy it at our place, they can only get it here, then we'll give you so much money. So like you had all these like additions where like the the watchdog like ultimate edition watchdog this edition the gamestop edition the walmart edition and it's just like you get this if you buy it from gamestop you get this if you buy it from walmart so it's like it didn't matter where the hell you bought it unless you bought the game five times you weren't going to get everything in the game but then four months down the road well we're going to let you buy that other shit yeah yeah so it's just the most i think i for one one thing at least on pc or any type of digital thing pre-orders should be just not done by any because there's no point in pre-ordering literally if you think about it you will get the game if you want it there's literally no reason to get the game until it comes out and you actually fucking see if it's a good game or not it, it see if it's what they promised you yep you know there's no reason to put down $60 on something that you can just, you know, look at when it actually releases and not look at all the trailers or pre-rendered videos or anything like that and say, yeah, this is a good game. I'll give you money for it. Not just, here's the money. I hope you make a good game. Now they got the new shit going on. Like, um, uh, me and my boy was just looking at it. They have it so that you can, you can pre-order The Division. The Division, part of me feels like it's going to be a phenomenal game. You asked me maybe a month ago, I can't wait for that game. I don't care about anything else. I can't wait for that game. I was disappointed with Metal Gear Solid 5, but The Division is going to do it. I feel like it's going to end up being just like Borderlands, which, fuck Borderlands, is going to be another Destiny. I, I'm calling it now. I feel in my chest oh. 
and the heart of my cards, it's gonna be the next Destiny. And apparently, Destiny is supposed to come over to PC at some point. Fuck that shit. About it. It, unless, unless the Taken King with everything connected with it is either anywhere from twenty to thirty dollars, and I catch it on the Steam sale, I will never buy Destiny. I cannot do it. I'm very disappointed with Bungie with how they did the whole conversation along the lines of, oh, we're going to give you 10 years worth of content. And also, it's going to be open world MMO and all this crazy stuff. It's going to be a big world, etc. And everything is just a loading screen and a level. And it's boring. It's dull. And, it, and to me, it feels exactly like Halo. I was expecting a, a new feel, which is not bad fully. It's not a horrible thing to feel like Halo, but at the same time, Halo's starting to feel like Call of Duty. One more time. I said you didn't pay for Halo. You paid for Destiny. You're right. You're right. There you go. Now. But then uh, again, that comes back to the whole safe thing. They can't. That Bungie, pretty much all Bungie has done, for the most part, is Halo. That's their profile, pretty much. But then everyone wants to make the argument that everyone in 343 is everyone from Bungie, which is false. Because when Halo 4, the release date of Halo 4 started to come to fruition, everyone started dropping out of um, 343. All the Bungie employees that was there, I'm not going to say all, but a great amount of them, you just kept hearing through whether it's IGN or GameSpot, etc. Anybody reporting on it just you just hear it over and over. Oh, the next person left, or the executive producer left, the the president left, this person left, I mean, that person. There left. are a lot of people leaving. Big companies like Kojima was the biggest one. Like earlier, fucking left Konami because of all that shit that happened. You know how they try to take his name eating. off of it. Yeah, they're trying to fucking like clean they him. Put out that piece of shit but, game. But Konami, oh my god, uh, whew, they have some. I I honestly would have quit. I think if he wasn't as big as he was Kojima, if he wasn't as big as he was, Konami would have pretty much just like put him under the rug. He would have never fucking heard from him again because they have some like draconic laws, like, or like rules in that company. Like they don't play any fucking shit. That's crazy. I haven't, I haven't done much research into the actual companies themselves. I just keep hearing about how they're, they're doing Hideo, Grimy as fuck when, in my opinion, he he made that company for right now. Like, uh, what else does Konami have besides Metal Gear? I mean, Konami, they've been fucking up on a lot of things lately. I mean, they got rid of Kojima. They fucking canceled Silent Hills. It's like, oh, my God. And PT was, I'm not going to lie to you, PT had to be the scariest game I've ever played in my entire life. I looked at that and I was like, oh my god, this shit is... Like, I was watching the fight. I didn't get to play it because I didn't have a PS4. Holy but shit. But I was watching videos with my roommate and we were, like, fucking pissing ourselves because we were just like, no, don't fucking go into that bathroom with that weird yep. baby thing. Yep. It's like, no, motherfucker. And then we saw, like, the fucking ghost in the mirror. We were like, nope, motherfucker, turn this shit off. <laughs> and the the graphics and all that crap. Oh my god! On top of all of that, uh, I was look. I was doing a bunch of research on it, and they were saying how people were dying in the pause screen. You would pause, pause the screen. game. Yes, you would pause the game and say, "Oh, let's go grab something to eat." The guy said he paused the game. His he and his friends was going to go uh, get something to eat and everything. As the game was paused, he go upstairs, grab some pants. He comes down. He's looking for his keys in the living room. And as he's finding his keys under the pillow casing, he grabs his keys and the bitch grabs him and eats his fucking face. He said he shit himself. <laughs> 
shit <laughs> like it was over yeah. so it, it's is it a game that phenomenal which was just a demo and you see how phenomenal yeah. the demo i mean was. i mean the demo was great i mean i when i thought it was coming out i was i i I had to like slow down on the hype just because I was like, this was a control thing. They had one direction to go to. They could give right. their best to this one small section. How are they going to make this into an entire full-length game? Now you got to think about that part. It's well, like, would they be able to capture that throughout the entire game? Because pacing is really important. And I mean, it's very cinematic, especially if you're getting Kojima. This is the guy that fucking made, uh, what's it called? Um, Metal Gear Solid 4, the fuck, the entire game was a movie. Pretty right. much, you had like, it was a movie that you got to move around every like half hour or so. I still love that game. I mean, I still they, love had, the game. they had the longest fucking cutscene in the video game. game history. I yeah, still it love was a great game. game. The ending but, alone, the, all right, so Snake Eater is my favorite. The Snake Eater song, I legitimately tear up every time I hear it. To be whooping. Liquid Ocelot's ass and going through the generations. And of course, you didn't end on it, but to hit Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater and the, the music come in, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. no bullshit, I legitimately almost cried. I will say that it was it was less of a game and more of an experience. Let's say yes. that's, that's the thing that Kojima is good at. He's good at giving you an experience. Half the time you don't know what the hell is going on because this guy's <laughs> stories. Is like, I'm, I'm really. I think he's on acid half the time he writes his shit <laughs> because like some of, some of these, some of like his story elements are fucking weird. I mean, the fucking the beauties he had. He had orphaned girls kidnapped <laughs> from like kidnapped. And trained into super soldiers based on animals, and all they do is wear skin tight suits, and they really, really are super flirtatious. They're the Asians. It's, it's the Asians, man. Like uh, Americans like, are Michael Bay. That's that's what we are in in the universe. Asian. I mean, the Americans are Michael Bay. You take whatever movie it up. is. Yep, it's just explosion, 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 explosion. The heroes won. It's over. The movie's fucking phenomenal. Asians, they gotta hit you with some crazy ass creepy shit. And then you have like the 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 English people and or and, some... and or boobs. Yep. <laughs> and then you have like the English people who just have like a dry humor that is actually funny. It's extremely Monty funny. Python was awesome. It's extremely funny. Extremely funny, but it's extremely dry. I just, I, it depends on the comedy. I and mean, then you have it, you have the Latin people, like the, the the Brazils and everything, and they, we just they just got the Weather Channel. That's all we need. Or <laughs> telenovelas. <laughs> yeah, but everybody on that might watch their Weather Channel. Have you seen? I, those I'd watch women? the fuck out of that man. Who are you talking to? I watched it for two days. I thought I knew Spanish. I ain't no shit, but ass and titties. <laughs> but. I'm kind of, when it comes down to it, uh, an amazing game. I felt as though it was grimy as shit what they did to him. Uh, Silent Hills, in my opinion, would have been but, phenomenal. Uh, yeah. So I mean, I mean, taking that is like the whole Kojima making his like he gets the he gets it. He he makes the experience. He draws you in. You don't know what's going on, but you enjoy it. And then they had like they had Guillermo del Toro, freaking movie guy. He, he, like, taking Kojima's experience and adding Guillermo, um, or Guillermo's, uh, like, 
like movie experience, trying to like set the scene and, you know, getting everything right cinematically, adding that flair to it, bringing those two together would make, I don't think you would be playing a game, but you would be walking through a fucking experience and that's what they captured with Man, this is what I say. Imagine this. Uh, with Metal Gear, what I love about Metal Gear is not only did it have a phenomenal like actual gameplay and given they had cut scenes they had long cut scenes that explained a lot of shit that you just didn't feel like listening to because you just got finished an epic ass boss battle they had good gameplay the gameplay was solid it is since since from one to four was legitimate well thought through gameplay with, with great elements whether on hard on easy etc nothing was too easy the story would trap you, so you gained an attachment to all of the characters. Even in 2, when they switched it up with Raiden and everything, you still gained a level of attachment. Not only did that, though... Oh, oh you mean that scene where you're just naked doing cartwheels? <laughs> this guy. But you see you see how Raiden comes from a little fuckboy to, like, a semi-sneak. Like, he, he got the, the training. The kills Wolverine. <laughs> I hate that. I'm not, no lie to you. I don't understand whatsoever how he killed. Look, we're not going to take it in this. We're not going to take it in this. <laughs> but um, essentially, uh, they have, well, amazing stories uh, that are great within themselves. And to take, then they take out of just the story itself, the gameplay is legit. It, it's actually fun. What I'm saying is, Imagine a level of that in Silent Hill, because one thing they are famous for in Metal Gear is uh, what is it, breaking the fourth wall or something? Uh, where it's all oh, yeah. the first that one, cardboard where, boxes. This guy, <laughs> the first one where you had to change out the controller and swap in the new controller and everything. Yeah, I mean, put the controller into the second port, and then you could kill psycho mantis. I don't know how you were supposed to figure that out without a fucking uh, manual. Luckily, my father was there for that. Uh, for the second one, the um, when you're going through Wait, the period, father had to help you beat a video game. Don't do this. <laughs> I was young. I was young, man. Don't do that. <laughs> like Metal Gear Solid when you were that young. Yeah, I'm 21 now. Oh yeah, 21. Like, yeah, I mean not, not I'm not as if I was playing when I was five or nothing like that. I think there was about. I want to say that might have been 9 or 10 or something like that. I watched him play all of those. But then on top, there was in the second one where they had the colonel, like when Raiden was going through his crazy phase and he was inside the machine or whatnot, inside of Metal Gear. Uh, it was informing, the colonel would call you and say, you've been playing for the last three hours or four hours. I think you need to turn the system off and get some rest. That shit scared every ounce of doo doo out my ass, fam. You well, don't understand. Well, I mean, uh, uh, honestly, um, that there's an explanation for that. A lot of Japanese uh, video games have warnings to tell people to get up after a certain amount of time to play with in a well lit room because you know, they, a lot of people in Japan just like uh, there's a lot of cases of people just sitting at home playing video games for ri a ridiculous amount of time. So you know, they had to keep putting in these warnings for people. Just so you know, they want to get sued out the ass. Uh, so, um, when but that see, that's phenomenal. That's phenomenal. They... Those are points in the game where not only is it, uh, let's say, 
fear, but also interesting situations where you feel like you and the game are connected. Now, given both of those points came in the middle to the end portion of the game, but then they also had, let's say, the uh, third, the third, in the third game where you could literally just leave your PlayStation on for what a week, and then the end dies on that fight. I just learned about that one. I I fought it out with his ass. I actually died to him at one point. No, I didn't die. The game froze with me staring him in the face, but I did not know he was standing there. I was confused, and then until I saw his eyeball like hanging out. Amazing. In situations like that. And like I said, on top of that being the amazing story that it had and the amazing gameplay and the sniper battle between the end, the fight with some Psycho Mantis or the sniper fight with Sniper Wolf. And in the second game with the, the fight against um, Solidus Snake when you had to use a sword and everything. Um, uh, as it goes on, uh, the, the game, uh, the portion in the fourth game when you had to fight the... Uh, the, the, the psychics in that one, then you had to like crawl your way through the radiation uh, sit or area, whatever it is, and then the fight at the end. These phenomenal portions of the game that are amazing that I capture will, you. I will you... say, huh? as part of the game, was when you held up a camera to all of the beauties, <laughs> but you had to, you had to kill them with only tranquilizers. But if you killed them with a tranquilizer. And you did something with a camera. Yeah. You got transported to like a photo shoot place. Yep. With Japanese pop music playing in the background that while they do That shit is phenomenal. And now imagine if someone can do that with a game about killing, shooting people, cyborgs and shit. Imagine what he could do with Silent Hill. Now, given some portions of the game will be exactly like PT is. I say that's the beginning of the game. Uh, and then you move on further to portions where, because I was the beginning of the game. I'm just walking out the house. Fuck staying in that this place. This guy. <laughs> they they move on because I was informing that they that there was another one of the other Silent Hills already had the first person point inside the game, but it was only for a small portion. Like whenever you joined their house or something along those lines, when you went back to the player's home or safe house or something, that was the only place it turned into first person. They could have portions of the game. Just like Fear does. Fear has portions of the game where it just turns into slow motion. You see visions and everything. And then Alma pops up and everything. Silent Hill will put you in a room where you can't go any further. And it's now a puzzle game. The game for Silent Hill was never truly built around fighting. A lot of fighting. games don't do puzzles right anymore. Like, I remember back in the day playing fucking Resident Evil 2. Those puzzles. <laughs> fuck, holy shit, man. <laughs> They they had they took you all over the fucking map and you're just like you know you're like I need to get the hell out of here because I'm fucking terrified. <laughs> I, I need to I like and then you're just like you get all the way across the map and then you're just like shit I made it and then you fucking look at the puzzle and you're just like crap I forgot that one piece and then you're like shit I gotta go all the way fucking back through that hell again. And see now imagine how Silent Hill was with Silent Hill having. And I'm giving you were right. They they put all their money into that or all their work into that one portion of the game that was extremely phenomenal and everything. But imagine if that one portion of the game was like multiple positions in the game. I say they uh, they run into the situation. Well, no, I'm not saying I'm not saying they wouldn't be able to make a great game. I'm just saying I won't let the hype because I, I like I've been you have put no down by a lot of games. Yes. I don't want to get so hyped up that I'm just like. It's going to be the best thing ever. It doesn't matter. It's all good. You know, I still want to have that 
like they did a good job here but can they do this over an entire game and not just Eight plus hours uh, like yeah can they do this over the entire stretch of the game can they keep the pace you know yeah, because after a while i mean after a while everything gets boring I mean, even if it's like fucking terrifying out the ass, you're just gonna. At some point, you end up predicting things like horror movies nowadays. You know, yep. a lot of the horror movies that you go into are so cookie cutter that you can walk in and you're just you can name everything that's gonna happen before it even happens. You know. Yep. Uh, just... I mean, I think a lot of it is you have to. Like for example, I don't know if you guys have played Until Dawn yet, but. Mm-hmm. Until Dawn actually made it so their element of the game, like the element kept the core type of gameplay, but they completely changed a lot of the game. Not like changed a lot of the game, but they made it so what was going on, it was became a new type of scary by the middle of it. So you kind of have to, like, they mixed in jump scares with this type of thing, with that. Um, so, a lot, like, none of it was ever the same thing. Like, a lot of it was just, okay, so this is a jump scare part. Like, I got to a point where I was just like, you know, I feel like we're owed a jump scare. And then, like, 10 seconds later, jump scare happened. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, but that was after, like, 15 minutes of, like, psyche scare type thing, you know? No, they, they need to, like, what I enjoy now is, like, jump scares have their place. Jump scares always have their place. It's going to be in everything. It doesn't matter. But a th- certain games, like the first Amnesia game, the first one. I the, bought that, the- have not installed it. Which the game? Outlast game. Amnesia. Uh, uh, Amnesia, the first one. Did the same thing with Outlast. Yeah, Amnesia. Oh, and, I haven't played that one. Outlast. Those the games. They can, they they can work the environment. They can work their, the they can work the storytelling around the character. They can work the environment around the character, and without actually having anything scary happen, the majority of the game, they have like you in this like mind state that is just like fuck i don't know what the hell's gonna happen and you expect all these things you're just like if i open that door there's gonna be a jump scare you open the door there's no jump scare and then you're just like fuck there was no jump scare there when the hell is it gonna come up yeah like if you do enough jump like if you do like have jump scares weaving in and out at some point they're gonna be like people are gonna be looking for the jump scare and they're gonna get scared thinking there's a jump scare and there's not a fucking jump scare yeah like dead space too and that's its own element. Its own element is tricking you into a type of scare that you don't that you think is going to come, but it's not actually coming. Yeah, it's the anxiety factor. It's just like yeah. you know something is gonna, you know something is there. You just don't know where it is because after something comes out in a jump scare, you're just like, okay, that scared me for a few seconds, but now I can fucking see it. You know, and it's yep. just like, all right, it's not really scary anymore. It's just really ugly, and I need to kill it. Yeah. Yep. That's, um, that's did any of you guys ever play Eternal Darkness? No. Uh, no. Eternal Darkness did uh, some good shit like that, where uh, that was kind of when you talked about the game that the guy died while he was fucking paused. They did some shit where it wasn't so much as they die when they have paused, but you'd be like, I'm going to save my game. And it's like save file corrupted. Your save file's oh, not shit. actually corrupted, but it would like scare you into thinking that. Uh, it would turn your TV sound up and down. Like, you would get different... Like, the volume would change. Okay, that shit would scare the shit out of me. That would, that would, that wouldn't play that game. That's... The, the psychological shit is what kills me. Like, um, like I said, PT... Uh, PT was never a one... Like, everyone I know who played that game had their own experience. So, they were stating that every time you went into the... Or you went around in a circle, something else changed. 
uh, of my knowledge from how I was informed, or I'm just doing some research on it, you could go through the game one time and collect all the clues the first time. But each time you go through the door, it changes, like, or it resets and changes everything or something along those lines. So when I played the game, I walked through the door and everything was red and you were running fast and everything mirrored each itself over and over and over again. And then you go backwards. It's the same shit, just same hallways, etc. It was weird. It was multiple hallways. It looked like, but you can also play the game and never reach that moment. You can also, yeah, no, there are a lot of people, there are a lot of people that 100% of the game, they had to go over and over and over again. They actually got everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, but like I said, that was a scary ass game. There's a lot of games that are like that. I'm not a big horror game person because they generally don't scare me. They more like just annoy me that they're supposed to be scary and they're not scary. But at the same time, there's a few. Um, you know, Death Space Two was scary. Death Space One wasn't that scary, but Death Space Two definitely made me shit on myself. But I played that game two o'clock in the morning, pitch black in the house. So uh, turtle beaches on. Only person in my house was my father. He was on the couch, knocked the fuck out, snoring, which made me even more afraid. <laughs> I legitimately didn't get up and piss that night at all. I had to piss for the longest time. Never got up and pissed. But all right. So while we here though, uh, you got any other points in here you want to make? No, no, I'm just I'm like what the, because we ended up on the point that you just didn't want to piss because of a video game. So yeah, I, you know, just... it, was it was horrible. It was horrible. I think not wanting to piss because of a good game is good. Uh, any point. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, then uh, we don't really have Black. anything to plug, so we're just gonna uh, end it here. Uh, let's say we will just like to thank everybody listening, and whenever we get to post it somewhere else, then we'll just post it there. Is it? Yeah. Everybody say goodbye. Ah! Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs>